so many people set themselves up with these ideas of who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's hard. A lot of people go to bed at night feeling like they failed that day. One of the ways we can divide a personality is do being and doing, you know? And so very often when there, when there's a problem of not feeling like you, you deserve something and a, a lack of love, it really lands in the being part. Know what your value system is and live as congruently with that as you can. You'll be able to give some examples of how you lived according to your value system that day. That's really a part of doing. It starts right here, deep in your heart. Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most? It starts right Start right here, as the song says. I believe that song says that. And here we go again, starting right here. I was just thinking earlier today, Alan, about what you always say about start. What start right here gets us is to what's next. And I just was... There's no connection to anything there. I just want to tell you, I was thinking about that earlier when I was talking oh, to a, no. and, a friend you know, of mine. Such a great way to think about this is to think that, you know, it's now is, is very dynamic and has a lot of vitality to it when we let it happen. And it will move us to what's next and, and, and organically. I mean, this is that, that whole nonsense of us trying to control everything. Okay, now I'm just going to pick it. <laughs> we'll get, we'll figure out. We'll, I'm going to get back to our topic in a minute, but I'm going to pick at your language just for a second because it's so it's so indicative of how we as human beings, as Western human, always think. Now it's now it's so powerful when we let it happen. We don't have a choice. We don't have the power to not have it happen. But no, no, I know you know that. But but it's like that's our language. That that you know what we do for a living. One way is we listen to how people say things. Listen to how we hopefully how we say things and realize oh my god that that's the mentality that we have it's like because that's the that's the that's the grief that we have when we realize we have not been living in the moment is so many of those nows are gone yes and that's more what i was saying i i hope that i got that i know what you meant well no but no but what i meant is if we let now move to next see i think you know we were just talking about our buddy yeah right who's struggling with facing some heavy duty decisions in terms Mm -hmm. of surgery or radiation (laughs) cancer problem and in each option have different outcomes and you know we you and i were talking about how frozen he is in the now right Mm -hmm. he's got these two decisions and it's very hard to move to what's next for him which is what are we going to decide and that's what i was thinking it's like it's so easy to get stuck with right now because i want to make the right decision but you know how what is the right decision is the right decision based on the outcome how can we base it on the outcome when we haven't lived it yet i mean this is where things get so crazy for us when when i try to control you know what's going to happen and and how to you know and even that decision making process i mean it 
you know, that would be a great show for us to do one day. Just how do we make decisions? You know, how do we confront, especially those, what I like to call those two, um, where you have two bad choices, the, mm-hmm. the, both a dilemma, right? <laughs> there right, there are right. two dilemmas that you're choosing between, right? right? Do I get stuck on the right horn or on the left horn of this bull? Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. which side of that horn do I want to no, be? That's, it's interesting you say that because, because uh, uh, before I forget my joke, I was going to suggest that we create a subcommittee to talk about when we might do the show on decision-making because we really need to consider it carefully from all angles. But uh, the, the thing, the, the example that, that came to me when you said that was, it was the last time I came off of a horse. It's, it's like, it's like uh, when the, day, the day that I decided I was too old to ever do that again. And, and and I was and that was actually a mule because for, for, um, because I loved gun smoke when I was a kid and I loved Festus Festus rode a mule and so I always wanted a mule even though our vet told us Tom you don't want a mule and it's like like you know and I, he said he said they're not the same as horses they don't they don't I won't give you the whole detail but he just said basically they're not going to signal you before they do anything they're just going to do whatever they're going to do and so he, this guy was he was trying to get to this female horse that he wanted to get to and I'm on the back of this mule and I I I've been I've been thrown off horses several times in the past and I often referred to it, I'm sure, as bucked off, but I really was never bucked off until this day. It was like it was, you know, I'm pretty sure the horse just turned left when I was looking right and fell off, you know. But right. but but this, I, I I was on that thing trying, wondering if I if I could stay on for eight seconds and realize that that wasn't going to do me any good because nobody was coming for me. But it was that moment in time, and you know how when you're in those, and when it's, it's like the same as if you're in an accident, a car is a car accident or something. It's like everything slows down in your memory. It's like, it's like you have no, the things I thought about during that time, I I couldn't have had time to think about it, but I did. I thought through this process and I went through that deal where it's like, yeah, I'm coming off. I've got to decide when to come off. I've got to decide where to come off, you know, because I'm not staying on. And that's coming off is inevitable at this point in time. And all of that, all of that is right there at that moment. And and so I, I think that's a great metaphor when you go like, it's not like, the, the lesser of the evils it's like no we don't have the outcome like what you're saying either one of these things could be really bad it's like but i need to make i just have to make a decision i landed on my back just completely you're, you're, i'm sure both of you have they knocked the wind out of you you know that right moment up. where i I mean, I'm, I'm literally sitting there going i don't know if i'm christopher reeve i don't know if i'm dead i don't know if i'm fine you know, and it's like, and, and I was okay. It was like, like, it was just, it took me a little while to, to get back up. But, uh, but that was definitely one of those decisions that, uh, you know, I don't want to make this decision, but I have to. So yeah, we'll do that show after we carefully consider it. Be a fun show. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I don't think I even introduced you when we started the show. I got I just jumped oh, into my I, stuff. Listen, That's Dr. Alan Berger. Yeah, also, everybody knows me by now. Everybody knows. Oh, and Patrick and, and Patrick's there. Patrick, our producer's there. Jumping in. And, and yeah, so, all right. And look, I, I think the show we had last week was tremendous, by the way. I really liked our guest, Nadine, a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, she oh, yeah. really brought a lot to the table. She's lived an amazing life. And you know, you and I, you know, and I know you sense something very similar to me because I, you, I think you even mentioned it in the show. You just get a feeling when you're with her 
that she's solid. Yeah. She's solid. I mean, just mm-hmm. a solid person. So let's a big shout out to Patrick for lining up an outstanding yep. guest, Patrick. Good job. Yeah, thank you. So how do you find these folks, Patrick? What are you, what are you doing? Are you throwing a net out there? Or how are you catching <laughs> Well, uh, this guest in particular, um, I had met her personally through uh, my girlfriend grew up with uh, – you know, her and her family, and they were kind of like family friends. And I just, it just seemed right. You know, I mean, her practice is in Hermosa Beach, like yours. And uh, I don't know, I just was, mine was, was white, right. Now yeah, I'm on right. the airwaves. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. his practice. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, I think we've had a good mix so far, but, you know, trying to keep some female voices in the show and, you know, get a nice spectrum of, uh, you know, it's it, good juxtaposition, I thought it would be. I think it's better to bring the female voices in rather than to have Tom or I channel our feminine side. <laughs> well, hey, it ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I just think we can get uh, a lot better having that be more organic. <laughs> yeah, see that that's an easy decision. As decisions go, there there was no two choice to lie there, Patrick. You hit that one right on the right on the money. Right. That. that was one of those one hit drive the nail into the board How you know it's you done that time have you ever been able to to do that where you just line that hammer up and no whack no, it? no 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 as a matter of fact this is this this is serendipity here because i i recently was talking to somebody about the fact and admitting i cannot drive a nail it's like if any i, I use that as an example for people who think things are they're simple are going to be easy it's like I, I'm frustrated. I can't drive a nail and I don't have the confidence to do it is what I really think it is. I think it takes confidence to hit that with what you're talking about. And I, and I do that tip, tap, 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 tap. You know, it's like, cause it bends right toward the <laughs> And I try to put it back and it's like, and I wrote this, I wrote this to a, to a, a friend of mine who's going through some stuff and, and I forget how it came up, but I said something about, he was building something. I said, I can't drive a nail. And I said, I said something in a way that I thought was clever or whatever, but he, he wrote back and just, he said, well, that's, that's very well put. So I, so I, so I completed the thought by saying, I can write a sentence. I cannot drive it. I cannot drive a nail. It's like, so, but it sounds like you have done it. You can do it. Well, I know. Well, yes, I think maybe in my lifetime I've done it. I've been successful maybe four times. Yeah. <laughs> well, know. still, I, I mean, I know, the, I know the guys you're talking about who basically they're just amazing to watch because they just put it up there. I mean, we're talking about a long, oh, pow, we're talking pow, about they're nine, done. Nine yeah. pack nails. Is that what they're called? Whatever. Yeah. Called. Yeah. yeah. I'm blown away at those guys and they just can, you know, line that thing up. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it really is. It's, 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 it's like a, it's, it's beautiful to watch. I mean, somebody I'm not, confident, you know, now, now, now I'm, now I'm imagining somebody who, who, some, some, somebody had, who's been listening to our podcast and who we talked about our good, our good podcast last time. And they said, Oh no, you got to listen to this, this podcast. These guys are great. This wonderful. You're going to do it. And they're listening to this podcast so far <laughs> and they're going like, what the hell is this about? It's like, Oh, it's just a two couple of old carpenters, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Talking about their experience with nails. And well, you know, I was just Googling um, the sensation of time slowing down at times of stress where you've got to make Mm -hmm. a decision because I, Mm -hmm. you know, been in a car accident and, uh, you know, similar phenomenon where I really felt like I was almost outside of myself and I, Mm -hmm. you know, could 
and I, I thought it would might be a neurological reason for that. Um, maybe the brain is flooding with a certain kind of like uh, mm -hmm. fight or flight type chemical. But anyway, my uh, spontaneous Googling uh, did not yield any uh, conclusive results. But well, at the, at the risk of, of making the topic of this show random thoughts, um, the the uh, I had a car accident one time where I have visual memory of of my, my this is my first wife um it was in this is before we all were crazy about seatbelts so she was she was lying down asleep in the back seat i was on the interstate and i ran and I, I fell asleep ran into the back of a of a semi truck gratefully it was moving you know i was moving faster but it was still moving in the same direction but but my memory when it took me a long time to figure this out but my i have a memory of watching her in the back you know, because my immediate response would be to do that. But I didn't do that because all of my injuries were on my my front. You know, I hit my throat on the steering wheel and I hit my head on, on the windshield. It's it's like so I I would actually say from experience, I don't know what's how the world really works, but it sure it, visually it felt like I turned around to look and that I was not completely connected to my body at that time. Memory so being I'm, unreliable. Mm. That's a. Uh, you know, it, you it kind of unmoors your sense of reality when you think about like how subjective it all is. Yeah. Well, so you think I'm you think I'm crazy. Pat Patrick thinks I'm. I know I'm crazy. I you know. <laughs> watch me, watch me tie all these random thoughts together. In all room. right, let's go. Our topic today is self-esteem. We want to start talking about self-esteem. Tom's got his magic wand out, so he just did magic over me, so I could do. Like cannot do it without that magic wand. <laughs> And look, a big component, um, well, first, let me say this. So the, the authority I go to to learn about self-esteem is Dr. Nathaniel Brandon. Um, he passed away, I'd say, about five or six years ago now. But he was, I think, many considered to be the foremost authority on the subject. And I loved his, he's got a lot of great definitions of self-esteem, but one of them is when he was breaking down self-esteem, he says there's really two components in it. And one is self-esteem comes from a feeling that we can deal with, with life, that we can handle. You know, in, in psychology, we call it self-efficacy, right? That I can meet whatever is being challenged to me, that I have the agency to cope with it, to deal with it, or to get the help to deal with it, that I'm going to somehow show up for myself, right? So he calls that self-efficacy. We could think of it as self-confidence. I mean, I think that that works with that same kind of notion. But the other component he talked about was self-worth. Do we feel worthy of love and success? He says that you can feel confident that you can handle things like the carpenter that's nailing those nails in the board may have a lot of confidence around his ability to do that, but it doesn't mean that he's going to have self-worth and that he's going to have a high degree of self-esteem. He may feel good. About, and how many people we, you hear that and I hear it, Tom, they're wonderful at their jobs, what they do, and then they live in their personal lives where it's 180 degrees out. There's right. such a, a separation or incongruence between who they are at work and who they are personally when they're in the world. Competence is aligned with confidence. Competence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I'm a big believer that it's not only a, 
you're if you're competent at something, it's not only your right, but actually what I tell I've told people for years, I think it's a responsibility to feel confident because and I and I've got that from being with around somebody working with somebody who basically was really one of the better uh, therapists. You you talked about somebody just the other night, I think on the third in the Thursday group, uh, Alan, you talked to people that are not trained, you know, uh, academically or credentialed as therapists, but are just natural. The, they're just the best they're the best and she's one of the best therapists i've ever seen work wherever worked with uh, just tr tremendous confidence and it's like in those zero confidence and it's like and, and so the idea i always felt like i was pro i was propping her up you know i was always having to prop her up and try to try to convince her that she was good when she did that so I, one of the one of the things that she taught me was the idea that no in a way what we need to do is we need to have we take that responsibility to if i am good at something you know I don't need to overdo it. I don't need to, you know, but I, I need to be able to acknowledge that I am. And it's, and it's like, and that's not arrogance. That's, that's just congruence. And then I like, so I think those two things go together. And I think you're right. We can have, I like the distinction you're making uh, that we can have those and still not have, when you start talking about the self-worth, the word comes up in, the, in a lot of the work I've done is deservingness. And if you don't feel like you deserve the stuff that's, that is even coming your way, yeah. it will just bounce off. It will, it will pass right through you. You don't get it. You don't get to keep that, that feedback that, that the world is giving you that's because right. you, you think it's, it's ill-gotten gain. Yep. That's a good point. I mean, so yeah. it, it's almost like we need that to absorb the yep. experiences around us so that they're just not you know, like, the, you know, it's like we're coated with Teflon if we don't have that, yeah, right? Yeah. It just falls yeah, off yeah. no matter how much feedback you get, no matter what somebody says to you, doesn't seem to matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And one of the things, and if, if somebody listening to this and, and, and identifies with that, one of the things I've suggested to people through the years is, is, is pay attention to the different kinds of feedback you get across the board from different places, different people. And 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 put this put put this to the test it's like if the feedback you get that is positive is at least consistent like in other words if, if I, you always you know they always say i'm you know they, they'll, they'll always say i'm entertaining they'll always say that i'm informative they'll, they'll always say you know whatever it is but but it's, it's either at least consistent and sometimes just people have it where it's just constant somebody's always going to comment on this if you're getting that from all over from all over the place and across time then you, then the confrontation here is you need you need to stop and 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 you need to start to learn how to accept that because that's the truth. If somebody if somebody's bullshitting you, which is what the little guy in your head tells you, they're not all going to have the same bullshit. You know, they're going to they're just going to they're just going to pull something out of the air and say it. But it's like when you hear the same thing over and over again, then you can you you can believe it. You know. Right. I have to remind myself to sit with compliments that I get. Yeah. To to actually take that moment to. Uh, not let it, like you said, just slip through and, um, you know, yeah. Tied to my self-esteem for sure. Yeah. And what, can I ask you a question about that? Absolutely. Now what, so, so what, what's your, what's the argument about, is, is there an argument in your head at that moment to why you shouldn't keep it? Well, I think, um, the perfectionist voice, uh, to not let, uh, 
to not let any praise go to your head and to always drive with negative reinforcement towards mm -hmm. whatever the greater goal might be. But, uh, you know, without getting too into the weeds, um, mm -hmm. that perfectionist voice has, you know, led me more often to like negative, negative yeah. outcomes, yeah. you know, so. Well, I mean, it's, what's amazing to me, of course, is the, the, the only people we run into who are worried about being arrogant are people who are perfectionists who don't let themselves let that stuff in. You know, the, the people who are actually arrogant aren't worried about it. So the They're other, just arrogant. That's right. You see, the other time I was going to make is that this um, Scott Miller, who's brilliant, Dr. Scott Miller, who's done a lot of great research uh, on a lot of different things. But he's he's one of the people that focuses on instead of it being evidence based practice, it's practice based evidence. And so they yes. go out and they do research on what is actually happening in the rooms instead yes. of instead of going to and creating a study where they've got people, depressed people and highly selected and put in which, you know, our clients that you and I never get just pure, you know, mm -hmm. our clients are kind of like a vegetable soup. There's all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff going mm -hmm. on. Them, right. 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 But in these studies, they want pure depression, let's say, right? So they really, really try to screen out for that, which, and then they say, well, this is the best treatment for that. Well, he went the other way. He says, let's look what practitioners do and let's see what's the best practice-based evidence. And this is it. all the stuff about the value of the alliance in the therapeutic relationship. And, you know, and all his work is on measuring that alliance because it has so much impact. But he also is into um, what makes somebody outstanding at what they do. What, what, how does a person get to that point? And it's so interesting because it, it builds on some of the stuff you say a lot, Tom. First of all, they have an expectation that it's going to take a long time to get to where they want to go. They don't have that. I'm just going to work hard for a year and then I'm going to have it under my belt. They say it's at least a thousand hours or more that a person puts in before they get up to a certain level of competence and skill with, let's say, playing the piano or being a tennis player or guitar player or a good clinician or whatever it is, right? What unravels so many people is they come in with the expectation that they should be able to do it quicker. And sense. I always like what you said is set that bar low, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that yeah. is so that as soon as your feet hit the ground, you it's an amazing day. You have mm -hmm. just gotten over mm -hmm. any expectation. I, I stood up. <laughs> I stood up today. And I love yeah. that because it's so true. I mean, if every one of us did that on a daily basis and said, look, what I just did made my day. Everything on top of this is gravy. Well, well, part part of the, it's interesting to say this, uh, the stood up part, because part of that has to do with with paying attention and, and conscious. It's a, it's a mindfulness thing. I think it's, it's a consciousness about letting your yeah. recording your experience consciously is the way I would say it. it's like because when you said that, I, you know, I went through the thing with with um, back pains for, for multiple injuries many years ago now. But it was like for about five years, I was pretty debilitated and, and did a good job of hiding it for the most part. But but literally when I got up in the morning, I could not stand up straight. And it's like, uh, and it was like, it was too, it was too painful to do that. And, and uh, I couldn't lift things. I could do it like, but I, at one point I, I actually defined a good, a good day for me as a day that I, before I got in my car to drive to the office, I was all the way up. Right. 
It's like, and, and the idea of holding on to those memories and understanding, I mean, I mean, so, so that, so that by, you know, we perceive with, 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 by contrast, you know, compare and contrast. It's like, like, so every time I, you know, every time I literally can stand up and walk straight ahead, every time I can pick up a, a, a bag of grain for my wife and put it in the barn, it's like, I, I, I consciously have gratitude no, and it's not it's not to say to myself, oh, which is really dangerous. A lot of people will will have a problem with this because that's when their their should monster comes back in and says, oh, we, you know, you're being you know, you're being you know, grandiose and, uh, you know, you shouldn't you, you know, you shouldn't now that you're now that you're grateful, you shouldn't be complaining yeah. about anything else. You know, in other words, you don't have a right to a problem. It's like, and the truth is, you know, one of the things that's most important about this stuff is no, I, I need to be able to have the gratitude that I can stand up straight right now at the same time that I can be really upset about something else in my life, you know, now, you know, that I'm still just working on. And so I like, yeah, then you're right. But we, and we, you know, we've kind of adopted that here as part of start here, I think is, is, bring, you know, low, the power of lowered expectations. It's like it's in, it's just, in the simplest version of that is simply nobody looks at a, at a, a you don't step come up to a flight of stairs knowing that you're headed for the first landing and think you're going to make it in the one step. You know, you start walking up the steps. <laughs> yeah, there's a screenwriter I follow on Twitter who uh, he was giving some advice the other day. And uh, it, what really spoke to me was uh, lower your page, uh, your page count of the day, yeah. you know, yeah, to hit yeah. your, to hit your goals, just lower your daily goals. And mm -hmm. before you know it, they'll add, they'll add up to something significant. Right. Make your goal. What you're, what you're achieving. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And of course that, 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 that's when you, and, and that's also a really clever way when you're in, in with the therapy thing is to, 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 to flush out the perfectionist because, you know, and you can probably identify with that Patrick, what you're saying is like, so the, the moment, the moment, you know, that I say that to somebody that perfectionist hears that is, Oh my God, they're letting them off the hook, yeah. you know, and they come in and it's like, you know, so, so when we, and we need that, we need the perfectionist to speak because we're not going to outrun them. They're going to be there. We need to know what they say and, and we need to change that relationship. So that basically we don't have to, you know, I don't have to stop having a perfectionistic uh, part of my, my personality any more than I have to stop being an alcoholic. I just need to make different choices going back to, original thing we need to be, we make good decisions it's amazing how much shit doesn't get done because of the perfectionist yeah oh god i mean yeah. years of evidence of uh you know what is it perfect being the enemy of good or yeah yeah well my, my, my procrastination i think is is, is very much large or at least largely based on perfectionism and i'm a master procrastinator it's it's you know it's bad well and i like uh, how to plug this in now into the theme that you and I have been talking about lately is instead of working at, you know, focusing on self-love to increase your self-esteem, let's start with self-respect. Absolutely. You know, let's start with at the end of the day, respecting yourself and you're going to do a lot better respecting yourself. If you are managing these expectations that you have about 
what you need to do that day. And I think that there's so much to this because so many people set themselves up with these ideas of who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's hard. A lot of people go to bed at night feeling like they failed that day. One of the things, of course, we work with people on is, is those two, you know, those two parts. We, one of the ways we can divide a, a personality is do being and doing, you know? And so very often when there, when there's a problem of not feeling like you, that you deserve something and a, a lack of love, it really, it really lands in the being part. So, so the idea is if, you know, if it, the, the other thing I like about, about measuring self-esteem at the end of the day, is like, which I just, I set it up to say, you know, know what your value system is and live as congruently with that as you can give, be able to give some examples of how you lived according to your value system that day. That's really a part of doing. It's like, you know, the, the, it'll, it'll, it'll get to being, it'll, it'll, it, we're going to, we're going to get it down in there. But it's like, if you ask somebody if they love themselves, most of us are going to go all the way back into I mean, that being part all the way back into our childhood, the other stuff. And if we have messages that say, and some people have those messages, very, a lot of people have those messages that powerfully just say, no, you, you, you came bad. Yeah. You know, you, you know, the, the people are surprised to hear that other people have that, but no, I mean, I, I lost count a long time ago. How many clients I say, well, how long, you know, you feel like you're bad, you're bad. There's something bad about you. How long has that been? They, they go, I, always. And I'll actually follow up the question. So you mean you were born that way? And they, they, without hesitating, they say, what? Yeah. And it's like, you realize what a burden. Yes. And how much pain that's created through a person's mm -hmm. life that's felt that way. And they haven't ever known they had a choice to, to another choice to get away from that. Cause of course it, it's, it's bullshit. It's not true. Well, I, I love to think about when I hear that it's like they, took on what uh in an injunction very early on in their life about don't yep. no you're never going to be okay don't be you know the world will be better off without you and look i mean there's parents that have said that to kids mm -hmm. my god i wish i never had you i mean yep. can you imagine hearing that from someone that brought you in the world i wish that you were never here they are not greeted in any way. And I don't mean just verbally. I mean, but just with, with, we're glad you're here. You're right. Welcome. We we're we want you here. It's like, I mean, if you, if you say that to some people, you know, that we work with when we're dealing with that, that self-esteem where down deep, you know, if, if somebody, if, if you imagine somebody saying, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I really want you to be here, you know, and you could, you can even just see the discomfort in, in their face and body. It's like, you know, it just, it's, 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 right. it's, it's, it's incongruent. That's right. Like, this doesn't feel like it fits here. And those, are, and, and I agree with you. I think that, that being celebrated and being seen are incredibly important elements of self-esteem yeah. because if we were celebrated, we're told essentially you have a right to take up the space that you're taking it up here in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. a place for you. Yeah. You're welcomed. That's why I love if you think about a birthday, it really is that moment to say, I'm glad you were brought into this world. Yeah. It's not just marking another year of life. 
It's a celebration of our birth. Al Peso and Diane uh, Gordon Peso's uh, psychomotor psychotherapy that my wife and I were trained with with through uh, Jackie Damgard in Atlanta. One of them there that I'd never seen on a developmental need list before when we got to that work was the word you just used, which was place. You have a place here, and it's amazing how that can be. That can be it can be construed. Uh, it can be physical. It can be like you have a place here in this house. You have a place here. It is, but it, but it begins with it begins with we're glad you're here you you know you, you belong you belong here with us that's right and so and, if, and, if, and without that message i mean i don't know exactly how that works but but it doesn't just stay neutral it, you know shame finds us then that's right that's right. We're vulnerable. We're vulnerable. And it's like, it's, it's, it's like, we're not going to, you know, I've never met somebody who you ask what they feel about themselves and they just, they're neutral. How fundamental is the having of a place to a person's self-esteem? I'm sure it varies. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it's, of course, it's in a combination with all these other, the, the other needs that we, that we de- uh, have, but, but um, since, since being made aware of that in that work, it's like it's definitely one of the things I pay attention to and listen for early on when I'm meeting a client. It, if uh, if it feels like there's some real foundational stuff, it's it's like it's it's about belonging. It's about and, and you know it's it's because um, if you don't have that, you 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 really do feel like you are not welcome. Have you ever been in a place where you where you're where you clearly aren't welcome? I have, and it's like like it's like that's even even just in a normal just a day to day scenario. It's like it's like that's a horribly uncomfortable thing to be able to feel that way about your life. And of course, what's the other thing that comes from that? I'm a mistake. That's a yeah. Big... You just go. You just you just your heart. My heart just stops when you say that. It's like oh no, I don't have to. I don't have to know you to know that you're not a mistake. You know, and and then the work begins because what you're talking about. I love I love what you're saying about Scott Miller stuff because because you know when when people talk when because forever when people talk about evidence based uh, oh is it is your therapy evidence based you know it's like that guy did really good with it <laughs> over there. <laughs> That's my evidence. And look, and I, I, I understand but, why they have that. that I do too, I get but, that. But yeah. I'll tell you, it is something that I was a big critic of how important that became in the field, this, this evidence-based practice and that everybody was being measured on that because you and I have, you know, the way medicine started was not to do these big studies. You treated right. a person and you saw what happened to them. That's called evidence-based practice, right? Or practice-based evidence, right? Mm -hmm. Practice-based evidence. You had a Mm -hmm. one, you did this to this person, they responded. Then Mm -hmm. we said, what? Maybe this is something we can try with some other people. Well, think about how we, how we learned. And I noticed when we first met, we both used the word, you know, and I think it originates with you guys with Gestalt, but but I, I certainly had picked it up by the time I met you, is the, the word experiment. Let's try this experiment. It's right. like, you know, and let's try to see if this works. It's like, and see this. So it's, um, yeah. Well, and look, and what we're talking about too, is when we talk about self self-respect is an important part of getting to a place of feeling good about yourself is, you know, I've become a fan of Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. And the first agreement, he talks about being impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm. Well, what he is essentially saying, he's not, he is saying be impeccable with other people, but more important, before you can be impeccable with your word with others, you have to be impeccable with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that if it's not self-respect? Mm-hmm. 
if 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 I honor what I'm saying and I really attend to it, meaning sometimes I don't want to do that. It's the ability to say no. Right. And say, really, you know, I know you'd like me to do it. It's important to you, but I'm, I'm not moved right now. And I need to feel moved in order to do this because I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it reluctantly. I don't want to show up in my life like that. That dialogue becomes such an important dialogue for self-respect. Yes. And yet most people would say, well, why are you being so difficult? Can't you just do it? Can't we just go get along to, to get along? I mean, can't we just be more compromising with each other to get along, right? And, and there's a real big difference between compromise and, and doing things because you want to, meaning cooperate with integrity. I mean, and you and I talk about this all the time. So our relationship with ourself, you know, has so much to do with all of this. And then we go into this myth of singularity because mm-hmm. we're in relationship with a lot of different parts of ourselves. Yeah, there's, a, there's not just one of me. Yeah, there's uh, uh, it's yeah. And I, I think that. Uh, and look, and back to self-respect. It's like if you're should monster, you're letting your should monster run your life. Can you respect yourself? You see, that's that's the big point of thing. If I'm letting my alcoholic self run my life, I'm not respecting myself because I'm feeling a lot of shame and pain in terms of what I'm doing and how I'm letting myself down, how I'm letting other people down that love me. You know, well, this brings up a good point, though. And, and that's if that's if you are even aware of what you think. It's, it's like it's like because, see, that the thing is, when, the, when my should monster is in charge, when our alcoholism is in charge, basically, basically, that's they're the ones driving the damn bus at that point. And and, and they're not going to they're not going to have those things. They're not going to. You know, my, my, I mean, I really wouldn't ask how my alcoholism is feeling. You know, it's like, how how you doing? You know, because, you know, because he was he, he had every reason for the longest time to feel very confident because he was pretty much in charge. It's like but so often what we end up doing, and I think this is a really good po- point to make with especially with the, uh, like talking about Miguel Ruiz's book. Is you know, I want people to know when you look at those those agreements, be, you know, be impeccable to your word, and and uh, th- to be able to uh, and and boy, another big one was take nothing, take nothing personally. It's like is want people to know those are things we work toward. We have, you know, nobody, because sometimes people will take those things and 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 they they say, oh, oh, I I I can't do that. And go like, well, yeah, that would be. I mean, I can't drive a nail. You know, it's, it's like, so if I would, you know, if, if, if I gave a shit about that, if I, if that mattered to me for myself, if, if, and that's another thing about self, self esteem is it's amazing how often we just pick at things we're no good at and, and they, they go, they go to our self esteem. You got you get to choose your sources of self esteem. You know, it's like I very little investment in driving nails, you know, for me. Now, if I couldn't write a sentence, you know, I got a problem with that because I do care about that. But it's, it's like, so, but, but we actually, we, we said, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but it's like we, la, with Nadine last, last time we, we, we got to that place where we said, you know, I, I shared that one of the things I say with clients, sometimes when they give me a really negative view of themselves, I'll say, I'll follow that by saying, well, what, what do you think? You know, and, and it's the idea is the idea is, no, we want to help them find out who they really are underneath there because they are the one. And, and of course, you know, there's a reason they're, they're staying out of touch with that person because that person is the one holding on the pain, all, all the pain. Yes. 
and, and, and until you know and, until and i mean it actually is very logical to to kind of stay hidden mm-hmm. as long as all of that's going on hopefully what we're doing is helping people be safe enough to come out mm-hmm. and experience the pain but not for its own sake but so that you can get through it that's right it takes a while is- to develop that relationship with yourself doesn't it i mean i i'm very jealous of anybody who's had any kind of I mean, I just feel like in, in people generally in their 20s, you know, that's the time for uh, knocking their head around and uh, figuring out what doesn't work. And, you know, um, I'm sure that there are some who develop that emotional wisdom early, you know, but uh, that wasn't my case. Well, you're not talking to any, anybody here that it was it happened early for. I'm, I'm speaking for Alan, too, but but not not me. And it's like and it's a process. It's like that's it's not false humility to say. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to be next month. I'll be 67. And, uh, no, that, that, that little hateful guy, he's still, he's still, he tags, he's not only still there, he tags along with me, talks to me. I do have a different relationship. Seven. I know. That's great, man. Hey, listen, at at the risk of going back to our other subject, which is random thoughts. I got my first vaccination yesterday yeah. and, and, and I got called out in the, at the, at the pharmacy by somebody. Uh, I was sitting there with a, with a, there was about three of us there, there and there was a young woman there uh, and there was me. And, and this one, this woman said, what are you all doing getting your shots? Uh, you know, I haven't been able to get mine. And, 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 and the young woman said, I didn't even think about her being so young. She said, well, I'm a, ch- I'm a, a childcare worker. You know, and I just said, I'm old as the hills. And, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and she chatted, but she challenged me because of my fucking hair color. It's like, she said, she said, not unless you dye your hair. And I'm going like, damn it. People have always told me I've died. <laughs> I was, really? I, I was going, I, I wanted to go like, look closer here. I promise. Look at the you face. You got some gray there. <laughs> well, of course the beard's covered with a mask. So I got all my, all my, 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 my face is white, like an old golden retriever. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> but that's covered. So apparently that's true. That's good. That's but I thought, I thought, I thought, damn it. Betrayed by my hair. So one of two shots, right? Uh, you, yes. you got, yeah. Yep. Got, I'm scheduled, I'm scheduled to get back to the other one. I'm, I'm so I'm half, I've, I've referred to myself now as half vaccinated. Well, that's great to hear. Um, I, yeah. I might have mine by the end of May. So by my birthday, uh, that's what they say anyway. So hopefully. Good. I hope so too. Hmm. What's your, my birthday? I, I did my birthday 67. How old are you going to be? I'm going to be 35. Hey, he's old enough where he has to stop and count. Yeah. I, I, I really, uh, <laughs> I don't know where I am half the time, but yeah. Uh, 35. It's going to, it feels good. I mean, I don't know. It's life is like really good lately. So. Despite yeah. uh, how angry I am at everything happening yeah. outside of my periphery, yeah. Yeah, well, 30, 30, 35, thats a good—that's a good age. I mean, that's you know, you're—you know—if if, you—if you hurt, if, if some part of your body hurts, it's, you can—you can identify why. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you get to be our age, it's like it just starts hurting, and you go like, "What happened?" You go like, "Nothing." Well, I, w- I want to leave people with one more thought in terms of the self-esteem stuff. And then we're going to talk next time. Part two will be about how to raise your self-esteem. Let's imagine little Maddie. Well, let's use Cece because she's three years old now. Cece okay. just had her birthday. So now she's talking up a storm and 
walking and so let's say she goes to the nanny's house she comes in the house and she runs up to me goes daddy 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 look at what i did today look at what i did today look at this picture i made mm-hmm. now patrick how what do you think parents are told taught to do with their kids when that happens Huh? What's the first response that parents are taught typically? This is this is practice, Patrick, for when you have kids. Oh no, um, Patrick's under. You better get this right, Patrick. Tom and I are going to be incredibly disappointed if you blow this. Now the pressure's on. I'm going to have to bunt this question. He's going to bunt it. Look, no, no, no. You just, just you're look. Hey, daddy, daddy, daddy. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. What do you say? Um. Just off just to come on spontaneously. You don't have to be right about this. Oh, that's great, honey. Yes, that's right. That's what mm-hmm. every parent has a tendency to do. That's great, honey. That's let's, not the right thing to do. Well, let's let's just explore what what happens now. It's not it, look there. They're, we're going to just. Well, look. first of all, I want to be able to say what my first response was, that's which is response. what what is that? <laughs> all right. So that's a, that's a different kind of response. So. So when you say, look, that's great, honey. So she goes back to, to the nanny the next day and she's drawing. Now, what is she might she be thinking? Seeking your approval, right? She's How gonna, is daddy yeah. going to like that? Is he going to like this again? Do I get that's a great daddy again? Now, think about the difference. If you would have said instead of that's great, honey, you would have said, wow, look how excited you are. That must have been fun what you did today when you drew that picture. You know, honey, it's important to do things like that that make you feel excited like that, that are enjoyable. Yeah, I love that. You see the difference? Yeah. Oh, God. Huge it's, difference. Well, so you're, 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 well, you're, we always, your parents are your mirrors. So it's like they're, you're mirroring the, the kid back. You're not, not, you know, you're not giving them part of you. You're, you're not you're, giving them part of you. You're mirroring the kid back. That's a w- great way to say it. Now, when she goes back to Nanny, what is she thinking about, Patrick? Um, how to impress herself and entertain herself with her own. So where's, where's her, where's her center of gravity? Mm-hmm. In herself, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You see what happened? Yeah, and, the other one, and that doesn't mean you can't say you, you like it because you can do that yeah, too, right? You, you like it, and, but after, mm-hmm. because yeah. the kids want to please us so bad, put that in down the road. But if you start with, wow, I see your excitement. Now the child's experience is being validated, not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And see, that's right. the heart of self-esteem. Now, look. We can have the best intention parents saying how great that is. Because look, for a long time, giving kids positive feedback was considered to be the heart of self-esteem for kids. Dorothy Briggs up in Palos Verdes in California wrote a whole book about it. You know, positive reinforcement for your kids. That's great. That's wonderful. Look how wonderful that is. Let me hang it up on the refrigerator. All that other stuff is what went on for years. And we didn't realize is that what we're doing is shifting that child's focus from more of an experience of what, or internal experience of themselves versus looking for approval. So you got it, Patrick. See, see, it makes me wonder as somebody who uh, drew a lot of uh, cartoons for people when I was a little kid, uh, makes me wonder 
if that's where I got some ideas about, uh, you know, my own value on the stuff I do, you know, that's mm-hmm. it, right? Because how are other people going to like this versus how am I liking this thing? And in one of the things we know is that low self-esteem is accompanied by a, an obsession with getting the approval of other people mm-hmm. and being so aware of the disapproval of others. Is that those yep. two things go on, man? There's real, real and perceived. Oh, real and perceived. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And see, so this becomes an important part of this dialogue because really for us to get our self-esteem back means we've got to move that emotional center of gravity back into our own person. And that's why that Don Miguel Ruiz, when he starts out with being impeccable with your word means be impeccable with yourself. Yeah, and when I love what Tom says, he says, "Are you respecting yourself?" Right. That that they that these are the important questions that bring us back to our relationship with ourselves first. I love and see. I love that you I, you often use that, and I think it's because of because of your history as a as because you're an athlete. It's like you 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 talk about center of gravity. You talk about balance so much. It's 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 like that's 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 always stuck with me. Just your language about that because because you can bring that back. I mean that is such a. Uh, I mean even when we were talking earlier about pain and stuff like that. What do you learn when you're dealing with that kind of stuff? It's all about posture and you know position and holding your getting your head on top of your spine all these things it's about center of gravity all right so another great show today gentlemen great show and then next week we're going to go part two so i like i like the focus going back getting better with growing your self-esteem really if you want to stay miserable don't tune in next week because (laughs) we're going to really mess that up for you we're going to really give you ways that we are certain that will raise your self-esteem. So if it's important for you to suffer longer, don't tune in next week. Patrick, you have to come, though. <laughs> Either way, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have an audience of one next week. That's so right. That's right. It's a spiral, not a circle. It goes round, round, round. Look in the mirror, trust the reflection